prepare for us since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us. Let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us, looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of faith, the first incentive for our belief, and the one who brings our faith to maturity, who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him endured the cross, disregarding the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority, and the completion of his work. Hebrews 12, 1-2 Glory be to the name of Jesus. I want to sincerely welcome you to yet another week in the land of the living. Another week the Lord has granted us the opportunity to uh, witness. And it's my prayer that the purpose of the purpose in the heart of God for preserving our lives to this moment, that purpose will be fulfilled in the name of Jesus. Everything we have been believing God for is another week of manifestation and my prayer is that your expectations will not be cut short even this week in the mighty name of jesus christ we're going to be continuing our cloud of witnesses we're going to be continuing as we learn under this particular theme cloud of witnesses and this glorious week we'll be learning from the uh, author of yet another great theme the title of the hymn of consideration this week is my jesus i love thee we're going to be learning some lessons from the hymn my jesus i love thee and of course from the author of that uh, that hymn my jesus i love thee this beloved hymn which so profoundly expresses the believer's love and gratitude to christ was written by a very young man named william ralph featherston who was born on july 23 1846 in montreal canada it has been told that young Featherstein penned the words to this hymn at the time of his conversion experience, when he was 16 years of age. Though information about William Featherstein is scarce, it is believed that after it was written, he sent the text to his aunt, Mrs. E. Featherstein Wilson, living in Los Angeles. She quickly asked for his publication. The original copy of this much-loved poem in the author's boyish handwriting is still a cherished treasure in the family. Strangely, however, the hymn text appeared anonymously with a different tune in an English hymn in 1864. The composer Adoniram Jot Singh Gordon was born in New Hampton, New Hampshire on April 19, 1836. He became a close friend of Dwight L. Moody and was of great assistance in Moody's ministry efforts in Boston. Dr. Gordon who was a well-known evangelist and pastor, discovered and loved the lyrics of this anonymous hymn in the London Hymn Book in 1870. For several years, he had been working on assembling a new hymnal geared especially for Baptist congregations. One day, as he meditated on the anonymous English hymn, he became dissatisfied with his existing melody. It is said that soon after, in a moment of inspiration, he wrote the beautiful melody we hear today. The hymn in its present form first appeared in the hymna, the service of song for Baptist churches in 1876. This hymn has been included in nearly every Christian hymna published in the present time. My Jesus, I love. 
Jesus, I love thee. My Jesus, I love thee. Have you ever wondered how Jesus feels loved? Have you? Have you ever? Have you ever taken the time to to wonder? Have you ever taken the time to find out or to understand how Jesus Christ feels loved? You know, if I'm to if I'm to use the uh, the modern language, you know, do you do you understand the love language of Jesus? You know, when when couples are talking or probably uh, friends. Yeah, I can use the example of like uh, maybe a couple. Let's say a couple. A couple, they may just be discussing and they will say, they, they may say something to each other. Do you do you know my love language? Do you know how I feel loved? Because, you know, the, the, the truth is, as a person, the way you feel loved may not be the way your partner feels loved. Maybe you are a husband, for instance. Your love language is... Uh, gifts maybe you know when when your spouse buys you gifts god you are so happy you are you are you are you are you get emotional you feel so much loved you feel great you feel wow this person loves me and you may assume because you love gifts maybe your wife also loves gifts and you begin to shower her with gifts but it may surprise you and it may, it may actually shock you to realize that just because your love language is gifts, it doesn't mean your wife's love language is gifts. Your wife's love language may just be listening. All she wants may just be attention. The day she feels so great is the day you give her attention. The day you listen to her. She just wants to say something and she wants you to listen. You may buy hundreds and thousands of gifts. It doesn't move her an inch. But you give her just five minutes of attention, she's on top of the world. So it's very important to realize that when you are in relationship with somebody, you want to understand how they feel loved. And because we are in relationship with Jesus Christ, because that's the essence of Christianity, there's no Christianity without Jesus. So if you are practicing Christianity, you are definitely in relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's important for you to understand how does this Jesus, how does he feel loved? What makes Jesus feel loved? What makes him feel loved? You know, you can say, you can say, I love you. You can say, I love you every Sunday. You can say, I love you every day. You can keep telling Jesus, oh, Jesus, I love you. Oh, you are the lover of my soul. Jesus, I love you so much with all my heart. Very nice. It's good. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. You can sing songs. You can you can tell him anything. You can tell him I love you. But does saying that make him feel loved? Maybe not. Maybe not. Because if you look at John chapter 14, verse 15, John 14, 15, Jesus Christ himself, he gave us the clue on how he feels loved. Jesus Christ, the one we want to tell that we love, he gave us his own love language. In John 14, 15, he says, the way he feels loved is when we keep his commandments. If ye love me, keep my commands. That's how he feels loved. That's how he feels loved. So, you know, Christian, let's say brother, hey, keep saying, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you for about one week, back to back. 
constantly saying jesus i love you jesus i love you jesus i love you 100 times 200 times for one week brother b does not even say jesus i love you at all but everything jesus commands is carrying it out jesus says brother b is my lover he's the one who loves me because he understands my love language jesus is not moved by hey i love you he's rather moved if you want me to use the language he's turned on by those who obey his commands that's very very important it's very very important for us to understand jesus christ feels loved when we keep his commands john chapter 14 verse 15 not just when we say i love you you know one line one line in this particular hymn one line in this uh, hymn we're considering my jesus i love thee uh, by william ralph featherston one line in that hymn says for thee all the follies of sin i resign that's for jesus for jesus for thee all the follies of sin i resign and that leads me to the next question what has the love of god kept you from you say you love jesus what has that love kept you from what what have you given up for the love of jesus what has it cost you what have you given up for the love of jesus what before when you want to celebrate you know you go to the pub you you know grab alcohol drinks you gather friends everybody drinks you drink to stupor maybe there's a promotion you know in your place of work or there's one party like that you gather friends you serve alcohol drinks everybody drink you know everybody drinks until they cannot even remember their names anymore that's who you were now you say you are a christian and you love jesus do you still celebrate that way is that the way you still celebrate? Do you still go to the same place and gather friends, serve them alcoholic drinks, even as a Christian, when you claim to love Jesus? What has the love of Jesus taken away from your life? What has it taken away from your life? What are the things you used to do that you can no longer do just for the love of Christ? This one is not because of punishment. It's not because you are going to go to hell. It's not because you're going to go to the lake of fire. It's not because God is going to rain down fire and bring stuff upon you. You just stop doing certain things because I, I love Jesus. I don't want to hurt him. I don't want to hurt him. I don't want to hurt my Jesus. Therefore, I will not do this. What has the love of God, what has the love of Christ Jesus kept you from? What has it taken away from your life? What have you given up for the love of Jesus? These are the things I cannot answer for you. But you will have to like answer them for yourself. But I'm just raising the question to be able to like uh, to be able to point you in the direction that you cannot claim to love Jesus Christ if that love does not cost something. That love must cost certain things. It must cost you certain things. There are things you can no longer do. You can no longer tell lies. You can no longer commit adultery you can no longer fornicate you can no longer do certain things for the love of christ jesus you can't you cannot you you can't afford to crucify him the second time publicly shamefully no the love of god the love of christ jesus should constrain you i want to think about that for a moment 
and if you want to think about it beyond the moment you are very free but you need to understand to be in relationship with jesus christ you have to understand his love language and it's right there in just one verse of uh, of the scripture john 14 15 you have to go find out what are the commands of jesus jesus says forgive your enemies you can't claim to love jesus when you are not forgiving your enemies why will i forgive them they are my enemies they don't like me they don't want anything that is good for me they are always they are always doing this to me they always do i'm not going to forgive anybody if i over my dead body where and you are a christian and you are saying jesus i love you you don't love him you don't you you, you only think you love him you don't love him if you love him even with tears even when even if you have to cry you will love you will forgive your enemies you will love those who offend i mean you forgive your offenders you will love your enemies even if it means you crying why doing it and that's what the love of jesus that that's the cost that's what the love of jesus is actually you know that's what is taking away from you that your liberty to hate because now you have to love so it has cost you that on a good day you would have dealt with those offenders but because of jesus you decide to forgive and let go that is a cost that is a cost and that makes jesus feel loved more than lifting up two hands and saying jesus i love you so it's very important think about your life in what ways have you been manifesting the law i mean your love for jesus christ have you really been keeping his commands because that's the way he feels loved if you have not you want to begin to do that now because you cannot claim to love jesus if you do not keep his commands for instance to love him is to hate sin to love him is to hate sin because god hates sin you cannot claim to love God and not hate sin. So if you are still practicing anything sinful in your life, you can't claim to love God because God hates sin. So one of the ways to know if you are in love is you love what God loves and you hate what he hates. Even if you love the thing before, the moment you discover that God hates it, you hate it too. And and, uh, and 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 the other, I mean, the other on the other hand too. Even if you hate, you, there's something you hate on a good day. You hate that thing. If you discover God loves it, then you begin to love it. Amos three three. Amos three three says, "Can two walk together except they be agreed?" So you cannot claim to love God and hate. I mean, and not hate what He hates. You cannot claim to love God and not love what He loves. To love God is to keep His commandments. My prayer for you is that the grace to do all this may that uh, may that grace rest upon you in the mighty name of Jesus. The grace to hate what God hates and the grace to love what God loves. The grace to keep His commands so that it can feel loved. May that grace rest upon you in the mighty name of Jesus. And when you make Jesus feel loved, oh, you enjoy him more. You get his presence. You get his abiding presence. He, he literally relocates into your life and begins to live with you. He be, you know, he said, anyone anyone that loves, anyone that lo- keeps his commands, he himself and the Father, they will come and meet. They will come and meet, and, and, and meet him. You cannot keep divine presence away from your life when you are a lover. Not by confession, but by doing his commands. That's why I pray for you once again that the grace to love God practically, the grace to obey his commands, may that grace rest upon you mightily in Jesus' name. 
Amen. That is the word of the Lord for us for this week. And I want to give opportunity to anyone who has not yet surrendered his or life to Jesus Christ. This will be the opportunity to do so. You cannot claim to even love God or to love Jesus when you are still in sin. You have to come in. You have to come to him in humility. You have to allow him to save you. Then you can begin to keep his commands. But you cannot be keeping his commands when you don't even know who he is. So if you want to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, say the following prayers after me. Say, Lord Jesus. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner. Tell him that. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner. Please forgive all my sins. Wash me and make me clean. I declare today that you are my Lord and Savior. I declare today that you are my Lord and Savior. Please keep me in your love. Amen. Let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, I would thank you for your word again this week. We appreciate you for sending this word of life to us. Thank you for opening our eyes to the understanding of how you feel loved. Lord, thank you for showing us your love language. Be exalted in the name of Jesus. As many of us who have been loving the way we think we should love without keeping your commands, today we are repenting. We want to love you the way you want to be loved by keeping your commands. May that grace rest upon us all in the name of Jesus. I pray for this, your children. Is there anyone who is struggling with loving God? Is there anyone who is struggling with keeping God's commands? May the grace to keep God's commands, may that grace rest upon them all in the mighty name of Jesus. And for these ones who have surrendered their life to Jesus, Father, I pray that you accept them be the beloved. Wash away all their sins. Write their names in the book of life. And the grace to also love, the grace to also love, the grace to also love Jesus, the grace to also love what God loves and hate what God hates. May that grace rest upon them as well in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, thank you for answering our prayers. We celebrate your majesty. In Jesus' mighty and unfailing name we have prayed. Amen.